How's it going, everybody? Welcome to episode 43 of the Absent Minded Podcast, recorded on March 26th, 2020. We're we're tightening things up, man. We're recording on Thursday, posting on Friday. We're taking a the risk. The news doesn't get doesn't get too much hotter than that. We went from like last week tonight to last week today. <laughs> Tomorrow. Yeah. Like we're uh, we're ahead of the curve. Well, the, <laughs> yeah. last week, sometime tomorrow in the yeah, morning, yeah, whenever yeah. Spotify publishes us. How's it going, guys? How y'all doing? Uh, do, do, doing good. Uh, you're not going to introduce us or anything? Or? I was gonna. I wanted to say what's up first. Oh, okay. All right. That's cool. I'm good. How I'm are you? Fine. No, it's, it's fine. Hey, I'm Travis Stockton at Ray Charles R with me as always. is <laughs> Andrew Crandall at Andrew Loves Video Games and Ethan Newbolt at Souls Bjorn. How you guys doing? <laughs> Great, now you upset him. I never thought it <laughs> could be so petty. What <laughs> you've, you've done. <laughs> no, I'm doing good. Fucking recording 30 minutes late because Andrew, and now he's going to direct the show. Yep. Has, has <laughs> cabin fever set in for you guys yet? Well, Drew, you probably get out pretty regularly. Yeah, I mean, cabin fever hasn't set in for me. I'm. He just know, got home. Yeah. yeah, I just got home like an <laughs> hour and a half ago, two hours. No, yesterday was good. I, I, I took out the trash. <laughs> oh, that's an adventurous yeah. day. At least you're yeah. getting outside, you know, getting some sort of sun. Yeah, I, I was out on the porch for a moment. Uh, I ordered uh, some Domino's for delivery, so I had to go on the porch like twice. Right? Oh my god, uh, that's right. like an eventful yeah. day for you. Was the sun yeah. out, or no? Had it had it gotten dark? No, this no, is it was like clearly uh, not out. Yeah, I'm traveling. This, <laughs> this is like ten thirty. Nah, this was late. No, yeah, I walk but, the dog every day, so I see the sun, you know, get some nice natural light and some, some photosynthesis into my skin, you know, some chlorophyll, whatever. Uh, yeah, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, I'm a night person anyway, so like, yeah. I only get maybe a three to four hour window to experience sunlight in a normal non-quarantine situation. Ha, sunlight so, window. Yeah, I, like, <laughs> that's what the blackout blinds are for, people. Okay, I know. <laughs> I'm not fucking around. I don't need any of that extra vitamin D in yeah. my life. You get enough of it. I get enough of it. There's plenty to go around. That's what supplements are for, okay? I mean, I mean, if you went outside, you didn't need to waste money on supplements. Do they have sun hey, supplements? Die. Have you heard about what's going on in the outside? I've been warning people for years. Are there lamps? That, <laughs> that are the, like the outside fun? world is a dangerous place. Oh, and it now, is. But what's now, life without taking any risks? Boring. I take risks all the time. I told you I went outside for a minute yesterday. Sunlight supplements? Is that, is that a thing? Is it like a patch? We got a fear boner out of that. A yeah. patch? Yeah, just... I think that's just radiation. Yeah. <laughs> just, just stuck my arm really close to the microwave today for 10 seconds. It's my sunlight patch. I think, sunlight, that's a di- yeah. I think that's a different type of radiation waves. It all leads to cancer. Waves. Yeah, wait. Yeah. It all leads to that. If you don't want to be led to cancer, you got to head on over to AbsentMindedPodcast.com, a cancer-free zone where you can always find the latest episodes of the main show, as well as our side series, Absent-Minded Watches, or to leave us a voice message with a question, comment, or topic of discussion that we might play on the air. And you can also email us at questions at AbsentMindedPodcast.com or use the listener support program to donate $1, $5, or $10 to keep the mic's on. Andrew needs a Blue Yeti. You hear him. You I hear him talking. Blue Yeti. 
This, yeah, he needs, uh, he needs a mic. Great. I need a better. He's, he's working quality. from home. Yes, we all are. He's <laughs> got to step it up. Mm-hmm. He, he could. He could step just, up my game. He could just buy one. And while you're social you're not distancing, my real dad. <laughs> you don't have to social network distance, which is why you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, as well as subscribe to our YouTube channel and like, subscribe, and subscribe. Subscribe <laughs> and share the show on your podcast platform of choice. Don't forget to leave reviews on iTunes as well, as those are incredibly helpful in defeating the boss, the evil algorithm. Uh, it's been a doom kind of week, guys. Well, Ethan, you, oh, I'm sorry, Drew. No, oh, I, now I was going to say doom and Animal Crossing, but I'll talk about that later. But it has been a doom week for the three of us. <clears throat> so you've got the. Andrew, I see your cursor on the Google Drive. You still didn't take that. I wrote Doom Eternal in for you. You played Animal Crossing this week and couldn't take the time to type it out. I was about to. Like, I had started <laughs> typing it out, and then I was like, I'll just bring it up. It's fine. God damn it. Well, Drew, I gotta say, let's start with that. I got to say, I got the Animal Crossing itch real bad. I got a lot of people do. I got, I got it real bad. Uh, I, I might start playing it soon. We'll see. It's pretty fun. I am uh, enjoying it. You know, it's just like it's the best game, like especially like I've been uh, really enjoying it, like coming home after, you know, the craziness of the grocery stores lately. It's just like the nice, relaxed game to play, you know, while you're when you just get home and you're taking your after work shit and you're just like, oh, I might as well. And you want to do more chores. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, we're so weird. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) We definitely are. But there's one thing I don't really like about it as like with compared to the other Animal Crossings, as far as I know, I didn't play the one on the DS, but uh, this one follows like the actual, like your actual day and night cycle. Uh, So it's like the time in the time in the game is synced to real time. So speaking of time, can you explain to me what time traveling is and why everybody is so on or off about it? Okay. How do, well, that's, how can that's you, what I was. That's what I was leading to. How can so, you time travel in Animal Crossing? I don't. <laughs> so uh, time traveling, as I know it, I haven't done it yet. Is um, so say like uh, you want something, something uh, that you built doesn't arrive till the next day. If you sure. Don't, okay. Yeah. You would you would literally have to wait till tomorrow to be able to get it. Time traveling is is so you'll shut off the game, uh, go to the system metting, go go to your <gasps> system settings in the game, change the date, <gasps> and then log back in. That's I mean that's nothing new, man. We've been oh, doing yeah, that since the PS two days. Exactly. I, I know would, you know it's not new. Ethan's like freaking out like never, he's never heard of something so dastardly I before. Would no, never I never. I even thought about it as well. You. Yeah. No, that just sounds kind of like it's just you know skipping parts of the game so just i mean whatever to each his own i mean not really because like i believe in the old animal crossing at least on gamecube if you like you know tom's tom nook is just like hey this bench that you ordered is gonna be here tomorrow you can go to sleep <laughs> and get the fucking bench and you won't have to wait 12 fucking hours you know i mean like i said yeah. to each his own it's it's whatever play it with yeah. it or without it i don't care um, do you baby but i i haven't really played much with people i played a little <laughs> bit uh with uh, my my friend Alex, uh, and that was uh, it was interesting. Uh, like the the friend system uh, for Animal Crossing fucking sucks, you know, because it's Nintendo and you have to use the <laughs> goddamn app and have a stupid ass friend code. 
Uh, but it is really cool, like being able to have your friends load in onto your island and going over to your other friends' islands and stealing all their resources because <laughs> you need them. Wow. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to keep playing it and getting it's more. It's rough stuff. out there in Animal Crossing. It is. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it just like watching a couple of my favorite people stream and watching them fish just looks so just comforting and. I don't know. It really I like the is. way they I like the way they talk, the little voices they make. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, um, it's just like like whenever I uh, I said about the game just being so relaxing, like one of the first things I did, and I'm sure everyone else did on, on the island, was just pick weeds. And I'm sitting there just like for an hour and a half just picking weeds, and I was like, why is this so entertaining? Like <laughs> the people say death stranding is boring. Right. Well, I love That's any what game. I love. If, if Death Stranding, if it was Norman Reedus talking like a chipmunk and like dressed up as a little bear, <laughs> all of a sudden, all of a sudden, 10 out of 10 Nintendo game. No, he would be an cause otter. Because it's, it's hyper realistic and you got to fight little oil BT creatures and shit. Oh, no, too spooky for me. Yeah. Don't want to be a delivery man. Five out of 10. He would be well, an yeah, otter. Like it's kind of like. Yeah. It's also kind of just like. I love Animal Crossing, but I shit on Har- or, uh, like Harvest Moon and Stardew Valley. Oh, that's the <laughs> same fucking same shit. Yeah, yeah, no, I, exactly. I don't, yeah. <laughs> Terrible. Terrible opinions, a lot of you. Yeah, whatever. Great no, game. I'll, I'll probably start up. Uh, if I can fit Animal Crossing into the slight, it's a very, it's like a slim 24-hour period where I don't think I'll have anything new to play. No, that's the thing. Remember, Persona 5, the Royal just... comes out. We, we I told Drew about this. We talked about this. It's something you, you take a big chunk of hours to start, and then you just play a little bit every day after that initial hump. You just got oh, to sure. get over like that I hump. Said, it's the, I don't think, it's the perfect I don't think you game. understand what it's like to play Persona 5. You know what is going to be the perfect poop game? Persona 5 on my Vita when I can take it into the bathroom sure. and do remote play oh, that's to play true, more yeah. Persona 5. But to, to – uh, you know what? No, it's fine. You know what? I'm, I'm like I said, I'm just going to be like, it just depends <laughs> on if I can finish judgment today or tomorrow. Yeah, I can't believe how much you playing that and you still haven't beaten it. It is, just seems like you're putting hours and hours and I mean, my that's game clock, I think, games. yeah, my game clock just cracked 40 hours, I think. Oh, okay. That's not, that's, I mean, that's it's a actually lot on the not, shorter side. Yeah. That's a it's lot, on the but shorter not like side. A, a lot, a lot. Yeah. Like my Yakuza zero playthrough was like a hundred hours. Yeah. I've actually I've been noticing the more that I play Judgment, how much less there is in this game, um, and not necessarily in a bad way because there can all, depending on your the type of player, there can be too much to do in some of the Yakuza games. Yeah, this one there's less like there's less of the more perverted stuff I've noticed right away. There's not like there's no like video hall where you go and like rent DVDs of like Japanese porn stars and watch movies of them, and there's no weird like phone call mini games and even there's like a dating system where there's like four characters you can date throughout the game but none of it's like erotic necessarily like you're not like being pervy the whole time or anything like that and not that Kazuma Kiryu in the Yakuza games is pervy there's just a lot of pervy things happening around him pushed Mm. upon Uh, him (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) and then there's this less like like the I joked about how into the cabaret game I get in all the other Yakuza's. There's yeah. nothing quite that extensive in this one. There's no cabaret club. There's no like uh, <clears throat> retail mini game. There's no uh, 
fuck, what's the uh, real estate? There's nothing like that. You're not building up Camarocho Hills or anything. There's nothing quite that crazy. So there hasn't been like this big, you know, five, 10 hour time sink into side stuff. And I think there's like half as many side quests as the other ones that I've played. Like usually there's around 100 sub stories in the Yakuza games. And there's only like 50 total, I think, of uh, side cases. <clears throat> but somehow, though, I've still been playing this for 40 hours. <laughs> hey, man, but as long as you're enjoying it, I'll probably be done with that either today or tomorrow. And then that gives me a couple days to play Doom Eternal, which won't take long, I don't think. But uh, before we talk about Doom Eternal, Drew. Yeah. Ethan, you beat, What's you up? bought and beat all of Doom 2016 this week. Yeah. How did you like yeah. getting Dust into Doom? Off. Uh, Doom 2016 <laughs> couple is, brag, couple brag. is a like nine out of nine point eight out of ten game. Like it, it is, it is almost perfect. And the things that like you would gripe and say are bad are just so far from yeah, so far from important that it it doesn't even matter. Yeah, and you're playing this game four years after release. Yeah, and you actually played like it. Did you ever? Yeah. Did you ever sit down and watch like a Twitch streamer or anything? Like, because no. you're so bad about oh the games that I'm interested in but don't want to buy. You just watch someone else play them. So Usually, this is almost kind of like a, you went in blind, which is a yeah, rare thing I, for you. The whole Doom franchise has not super been you know my thing. I had a I had a friend who played Doom three when it like first launched. He was super excited, and I think I remember him being kind of let down as were others. But for the most Dude, part, Jerry like, and I played Doom three at launch, and we both fucking loved it. Sure, and you were hanging out with us back then. I think mm, possibly, but it it wasn't something that like it. it sure, oh, maybe so, not. Lot, that was sure a lot oh, of well, people. Two thousand four. A lot of people do like it, but there are a lot of people who think it went too far from what the original Dooms were. Yeah, it's I, I tell people it's like this weird like side story. Like the real yeah. Doom Three is Doom sixty four, exactly, and then Doom twenty sixteen is Doom four. Yeah, so Doom Three is kind of like weird. It, it it really shouldn't have been a numbered Doom. It's this was I just really realized my first I got Doom sixty four yeah. with Doom Eternal. Oh yeah, you, oh yeah, yeah, definitely should play that a little bit. Uh, I and again I had an N sixty four. Never played Doom sixty four at all, just because it wasn't something I I was playing Star Fox and. You know, yeah, Smash Brothers and shit. No, so, uh, yeah, I, it would have been something I definitely overlooked for sure. But I had a lot of fun with this game. It felt uh, the challenge wasn't necessarily in the difficulty I was playing. I was kind of uh, doing a little bit of what's uh, hurt me plenty, and then I gave a little bit of of ultra violent, the one below it, the hard, yeah, the harder yeah. one, yeah. Uh, ultra violence was just a little too. Uh, you know, p- monsters would just kill you in one hit. I was just getting frustrated a little bit too much, so I went to hurt me plenty, whatever. And they're a uh, lot more aggressive the higher the yeah, difficulty. Yeah, and I think after a first playthrough, that just wasn't what I was feeling. I had plenty of, you know, challenging moments where I had to redo them because I died, but nothing where I was just like, oh, fuck this game. Uh, yeah. the, the platforming is a little, uh, you know hit or miss here and there but for the most part kind of yeah you know sometimes he won't grab that thing when you really want him to or you need him to or you know i just didn't land where i wanted to so i think i died more from platforming than actually like the monsters and the demons combat 
but it was, you know, it was a fun mix of, you know, good shooting, easy shooting and, and some, some challenges and stuff. I liked uh, the map, like going from, you know, bad maps I think of would be like fallen order. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And this felt like a really good map. And I, 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 I had a lot of fun just, you know, looking for the little doom guys and the secret rooms and some of the old doom maps, you know, that are like switches that you just wouldn't really think to go to. Uh, and to clarify, when you say map, you don't mean just like the level design, but also the actual when you pull up the map, like being able to control it in 3D and everything yes. and like zoom in and out and reorient. I can tell it. like where I am in relativeness to like the the level and I mean level as in like the floor or the middle of wherever. Yeah, because I would say that like uh, Fallen Order has a good map design. But it's it's fucked up because of how poor the actual like physical map that you look at. Sure, well that's but it's kind of like say, control. I would say that like, control difference. has great map design, but it's hard to figure out where you are, where yeah. certain rooms are, how sure. to get to a different floor. I, I would say that's the that's a bad map design, but the level design and the level layout are what are yeah good. Yeah, yeah yeah. But um yeah no twenty sixteen I you know people say that it's one of their top favorite games, especially in the Doom franchise as a whole. And I understand, and I agree. It's, it was a fun game. Uh, I didn't realize it had like a multiplayer and all that. I don't know what's that about. I didn't really look at. That yeah, the at multiplayer all. <laughs> wasn't really. It was kind of frowned upon when it came out, uh, mostly because it was not developed by id Software. Mm. It was uh, farmed out to another company, and it, it's not bad, but it, there's just not a lot going on. Right. Like I think there's some couple. There's like a couple of deathmatch modes where it's like eight people on repurposed game levels and it's just, you know, kill everybody. And then there's standard team death batch, but I think it's just four V four. And then there's a, there's a multiplayer mode where everyone trades off, like getting a demon power up and then you can become a revenant demon. And it becomes almost like that game evolve where like you've got one guy who's the monster and then the other guys are the doom slayers. And, and it's not bad, but it's just, yeah, I, that's, that's the part where it, it has for. like Call of yeah. Duty level progression, and there's not like a whole lot going on with it. And yeah, exactly, yeah. no one bought it for that. Uh, and I that's supposedly say, the difference in Doom Eternal is that they did make the multiplayer in house. So supposedly it's going to be more substantial when that kind of finally rolls out. To roll I think back it already more is time, um, I think there's supposed to be adding a lot more to it though. Like it's kind of bare bones at the moment, from what I understand. Oh, okay. I, I could be totally wrong. It's not something I'm ever going to look into. The, uh, the set. <laughs> The sound design for Doom 2016 is just top notch. Like the, the oh, yeah. shots from the gun, the connect when they you know land, and then when you shoot the the BFG, that noise that it makes, and like the oh it's yeah, baby, sat- so satisfying. Uh, that's yeah. I mean, I blew my load for as Doom a, 2016 it's as good. a long time player of id Software games from like the original Doom games to to Quake and Quake 2 and Quake 3 and all that. I think one of the coolest things in 2016 is, yeah, like seeing so many classic franchise guns getting brought up into like this new AAA quality level. Like the BFG in Doom 2016 is one of the coolest fucking things in video games. Like it is, it is a big fucking gun. Like it, it, it just... No holds barred. And I like how it was separate. so entertaining. Like just like your chainsaw, it was separate from your uh your regular weapon wheel in the first yeah. one. 
So it felt like it really did feel like this overpowered thing that you saved for like emergencies. And when you really just, you were a little bit in over your head and you needed to clear the whole thing for a second, run to a corner, shoot everything and you, you get everybody in one big go. And it just, oh, it felt so satisfying. Yeah. Good stuff. So I think that leads us to Doom Eternal. Absolutely. Andrew, how much have you played of the the latest release? I think I'm about mm, six hours in, but I'm also playing on Ultra Violence, so it's taking me a it's taking me a little bit longer than if I were to play on uh, Hurt Me Plenty. Respect. Um, thank you. Do you know about how many levels in you are? Four, four, I think. Okay. Yeah. Four is so you're on level four, or you've you've finished four and you're on level five? No, four is I'm on like the last boss to level four. Like when I texted you, okay. whatever I messaged in Slack the other day, I was so fucking close to the end of this boss fight. I had like I had the main guy, and then this, uh, um, you know, I think they're the, I, I don't remember what they're called, but they're the demons with the shields. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how far you are into it, but uh, there's another uh, kind of those demons where they can project shields further away. Uh-huh. And uh, and so I was trying to like go to him and set him on fire and then kill him so that way and then kill him with a chainsaw so that way I could get the armor bonus and the ammo bonus. Mm-hmm. But I just a stupid dumbass mistake was is we projected a shield behind me and I didn't realize it and then I got caught behind it and he fucking killed me and I was <laughs> I was just like I gotta put this down. <laughs> but as uh, as Ethan said, the combat and the fluidity of the game of the gunplay is just fantastic, and um, like with a lot of the new abilities that they gave you, like the flame belch. And I don't remember in in Doom twenty sixteen whenever you killed somebody with a chainsaw, did it give you ammo as well? Yes, that was the no, one. Yes, no, well, not in the level that it gives you in, in this internal, right? But it's oh, still yeah, no, it just something. it refills your like your weapon wheel a little bit, but it doesn't give you like BFG ammo or gas tanks or anything. Just regular old ammo, right? Well, whenever you kill like an enemy uh, with the chainsaw on this one, it gives you like a, a spread of the different kind of ammo. Yeah, it looks like a Borderlands explosion almost with all the colors, yeah. kind <laughs> of all the different colors. Yeah, yeah that's a very yeah. good comparison. Uh, but with like those with the flame belch, flame belch ability, you know, you can set someone on fire, and while they're on fire, if you shoot them and then kill them, you can get more armor and everything. And I like how that those two elements, also along with you know the grenades and other things, uh, that everything just feels very well knit. Like every like all of this just fits together so well. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I'm still getting used to the combat. I've only played the first three levels. <clears throat> So I'm on, I would be at the beginning of the one that you're almost done with when I get back into it. Uh, I'm mostly enjoying it. I think I'm finally at the end of like chapter three, the combat fluidity was getting, I was getting back into it. Like I was still having too many moments where it's like, oh, I keep forgetting I have the flame belch or the ice version of it or for sure. Or I'd get through like five, six, seven encounters and be like, oh wait, I have grenades. I keep forgetting about grenades. That's exactly, Um, I was the same way. Yeah, there is. A lot more emphasis on using the chainsaw just because I feel like there's way less ammo pickups on the ground in this game. Yeah. Like you're almost required to use the chainsaw to you get were. ammo. 
Because that was that was a thing uh, during that boss fight was just like I kept having to run away from this demon because it was just so overpowered. And then yeah. like like because uh, the lesser demons respawn all the time, so you're just like okay, as long as I can get away from this guy, I can set this guy on fire, chainsaw him, get an ammo and get an ammo and armor boost, and then just keep running and keep doing that until you're basically resupplied enough to fight the guy. Yeah, I had one really aggravating moment where I think it was in the third level where I had, you know, I went to an area where you have to go down into this pit and it's like kind of oozy water and stuff on the ground and you have to kill a bunch of demons to get the elevator to work again or whatever. Mm. And I had completely run out of ammo, but I also didn't have any chainsaw ammo and it didn't matter because the only two enemies I had left were the big giant fat dudes with the flamethrowers. Yeah. And so I basically had to run around in circles, like baiting them into different corners and stuff until my grenades would recharge, throw a grenade, do a little bit of damage and then repeat (laughs) because I couldn't chainsaw them to get any ammo. And there was like one bugged out enemy that like looked like you could chainsaw them, but you couldn't really. Mm. And it was just super frustrating. And then at the end, when all the liquid drains away, you realize that in each corner of their room, there was like ammo refills but I couldn't see them because they were like covered in all these weird special effects and shit. Yeah. So that was kind of annoying. But other than that, I mostly had fun <laughs> I, with it. Um, yeah. I think the first couple hours have a couple of those moments, but once you get deeper into the game, it doesn't happen as much. Yeah. I will say the platforming sucks. I will say that too. Like there's some I, moments where it feels really good, but like, I don't know a few times, just the way like they want you to go with certain jumps doesn't feel that great. Yeah, they leaned way too far into the platforming from 2016, which I think in 2016 was the weakest part of it, like Ethan said. Yeah. Like, this is not Mirror's Edge. I don't like that design at all. I get that you need ways to add verticality and, like, kind of differentiate your map design a little bit. I think that's the worst way to go about it. The whole jumping onto, like, walls and grabbing them and then like slowly climbing up and then tilting your camera to find where you're supposed to like plop off to next and using the weird, like assassin's creed, like yellow bar things that you grab onto and then fling yourself forward. I fucking hate it. I can't stand it. I, I, (laughs) it's like, it's like a really, really dumb, like mark on what would otherwise have been like a really excellent follow-up. It's not like it's enough to like tear down my game. Yeah. Blemish. Like it's not enough. For me, I could imagine like replaying this and being like, you know what? I would actually put this like a, a tick below doom 2016. Just because of of that. It's such a, like it, it forces you to stop your momentum which is so antithetical to everything else you're doing in doom. Yeah. Like they put so much emphasis, especially on all your new movement abilities where you have the double jump and the dash and all also, of this like, stuff. There's a certain rune where if you get a glory kill, it increases your speed. I love that. Yeah. I'm con- yeah. And it gives you another reason to do glory kills over and over again. And you feel so fucking fast, especially on PC. Yeah. Where you're already doing so many like Twitch mouse movements to lock oh, on enemies yes. and stuff. It feels uh, so good. And then you kill your room of demons and then they're like, all right, do all these stupid platforms <laughs> and it's just so I like I don't I almost can't understand how that got through play testing like how people really thought that that was a good idea if you just sat down especially as a developer who you know they play this game over and over again multiple times all the way through looking for like all the different changes that they need to make and blah blah, blah. and they thought yep this is we we stick with this weird platforming I don't yep. get it I would love to 
to talk to I can't think of the guy's name right now, but uh Cliff somebody or whatever. Marty Stratton, I know, is one of the dudes, but he's more of like programming side these days. But I would love to talk to that guy and be like, what the fuck? Like what Hugo is Hugo Martin? Hugo Martin, yeah. I want to talk to Hugo and be like, who told you this was okay? Who did you tell this was okay? <laughs> but other than that, like, yeah, it is fun. I like the new guns, I like the new mods. Um, I like how much deeper the upgrade system for the mods are that you yeah. really like think and because of the enemies and the way that they're varied and your lack of ammo in so many situations, it does a way better job than Doom 2016 does where you have to force force yourself to switch those mods out, like for certain encounters. You have to use every ability your gun has. You you can't just be like, all right, well, I really like the rocket launcher. It makes big booms, and then like use the rocket launcher for every one of your combats. Like you, yep, you've got to switch back and forth. Yeah, it's fair. Like especially on the easier modes, like you can do that. And then once you play like ultra violence or nightmare or whatever, it it starts to really tickle you and be like, hey, maybe you should bounce between your weapons more often. And Doom Eternal from the from like the word go, you have to be switching your weapons because yeah. of ammo frequency, like your or ammo scarcity and stuff, and because you want all those awesome perks that you get from certain moves and things like that. And you've even got enemies like the shield guys where like the second you see a shield guy, you pull out your plasma rifle because mm-hmm. that's going to blow them up. They always come in with like two or three other dudes, huge, a lot of like amount of splash damage that you're going to get from that. You get upgrades where like your alternate fires can be used more often or do more damage and stuff really quickly. So I really appreciate that. I don't like most of the suit upgrades I've had so far. The only ones I really like are the ones where it's like you don't take damage from barrels, barrels respawn, and barrels drop armor. How's like, barrel I really respawn? like those. Oh, really? Because I've been using ones like uh, your flame belch uh, recharges faster, and I can't remember the other one I picked up. Well, see, I, like I was saying, though, I just got to the point where I remembered I have flame belch. Right. So I wasn't okay. even thinking about improving that one for a little bit. But I've been doing a lot of the ones where it's like, oh, like usually environmental stuff because also I'm looking for secrets. Mm-hmm. So like I'm picking like the map upgrades and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I'll, it, it's good. It <clears throat> it has some moments early on where it almost feels like tutorial overload where like you walk into a room and you've got like this new feature that's being shown off. And then you walk into another room and it's pulling you into a menu that's telling you one type of upgrade material you have with which you have like four different types of upgrade materials and oh man that sounds those, like the first f- couple chapters do they're right right on the edge we're like this is all much almost too much to like remember all at once but it but i think like, that, as I, the more, usually you play, that bothers the more me, it sets in exactly yeah and and like i said like I, i'm getting comfortable with certain things so i'm remembering oh yeah my grenades let me wait let me start working that into yeah, the sauce right. it's, it's also it's, it's like not you're like... cooking in a kitchen and you got a bunch of different tools and you're slowly realizing oh this goes really good in this soup and oh this one like you're building your recipe this is going to be a cooking analogy now for how i feel about <laughs> two eternal but uh yeah like, i'm getting there like i said i'm only on chapter three out of who knows how many and so I, I think it's just starting to really click for me and uh, I'm excited to see how that progresses. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not like Kingdom Hearts three where you're like 25 hours in. It's just like, here, here's another tutorial. Exactly. Yeah. I don't expect to still be seeing more and more tutorials over the next levels. It's just those first couple where I feel like there's a lot. Yeah. Okay. That's a fair complaint. I go, I, I, I'll give you that. Unlike yeah. Doom 2016 that just fucking throws you in 10 it seconds. <laughs> hey, like, dummy. You know how guns work, right? Guns. Use the guns. Go. Guns, yeah. shoot, shoot guns. Here's a grenade. There you go. Exactly. I, that's the thing. I feel like when we look at these games like five or six years from now, I think Doom 2016 will be the one that comes out more favorable. Uh, 
like Eternal has a lot of cool things where like with the map variety and like the the additions to like the lore are kind of cool, but I'm already I at do. the point where I'm like I'm not reading any of this shit anymore. Like I'm already kind of over that. I like I like the same way. I liked the story in uh, Doom 2016, but like I liked the way that it was very much the the after like the side. It just was there to push you forward. It wasn't really the main focus, which was definitely the shooting. The shooting. Yeah, I mean. The story here is not the main focus. You, there's, as far as I'm concerned, I have no fucking idea what's going on in Eternal. Oh. Like uh, where they start you off is not where you thought they'd be starting you off after the ending of 2016. Like you're oh, just okay. kind of like f- fucking in it. Like it, it's right. weird, uh, which is okay because again, I'm not playing this game for the really strong nostalgic attachment I have to the story of Doom Guy. Right. It's just <laughs> that's true. Um, but. Yeah, it's fun. I wish I had taken the time to put more into this before we had our first impressions. But uh, like I said, I've just been in that judgment Yakuza whole thing. So uh, I'll definitely yeah. have more to say about that next week for sure. I meant and to I'll, play. Uh, uh, I'll definitely be talking about Persona 5 because I, I get that on Tuesday. Yeah, meant to play more Doom yesterday, but I just got such a, such a deep clean on my apartment. That's fair, man. I was done. I was like, I can't. Doom. I don't want to invest myself in so that. So keep it clean, man. So you played Animal Crossing instead, didn't you? Yeah, you're fucking right I did. <laughs> you're goddamn right I did. That bastard Tom Nook's going to get what's coming to him. He's oh, not a goddamn bastard. Sin. He doesn't charge interest. He's, he's a, if anything, I will he's say a, that is, he's very nice about it. He's just like, hey, man, you owe me this, but take your time. All if right? anything, there's no, there's, no, there's no time on it. He's like your he's a passive he's like, aggressive shit. <laughs> he's an entrepreneur. Y'all don't know, okay? I've known this Tom Nook guy for about eighteen years or so. It doesn't get easier. Technically, it just I've, doesn't get I've easier. never just met him. Shit, over and over again. But I'm just saying, he invites you out to an island, gives you a place to live, interest free. Doesn't let you leave. You can leave. You can you go can to leave. other islands. Yeah, you can you go know? to other islands. You can, you can crash at Ethan. Yeah, but who's on that island? Who's on that island, Ethan? <laughs> Is it really another island, or is it just another section of your own personal nightmare? I do like that there's a there's a couple of characters that like question the game's meta in inside of it that I've seen. Oh, that's like a running Animal Crossing gag. Like yeah. they've been doing that for years. Well, yeah. I've never played Animal Crossing. So. No, I know, I know. It's, it's, that's what's so funny is that like all these people are talking about this game as if it's the first in a series, and I'm like, guys. Animal Crossing's always been really fucking great. Like, I, I, it's just, it's the Switch, man. It's the the Switchness of it. Like it, that, I I appreciate the console for that. That it's, and I appreciate Nintendo that there's certain IP like this and like like I can't. When's fucking Pikmin Four finally coming out so everyone can talk about Pikmin like it's the greatest game ever that's never existed before. S- same because time that's another Star series Fox I would love to come out. back. <laughs> no, we don't need another Star Fox. Yes, Star we Fox do. We've had plenty of Star Foxes. We have not had enough Pikmin's, and we have had, oh, we not had a, enough Animal Crossing. We need another. I would go for another Star, Star Fox. We need another good Star Fox. Couple of. What was, what was the last one? Here. Fucking the one with the dinosaurs in it. Oh god. Yeah, I think so. so. Awful. The one where they tried to make it like Legend of Zelda. I yeah, played that. more of that. I play, no, want. Want I don't. Games. I don't. It's so. That's bad. what I'm saying. That's what you're gonna get when you ask for more Star Fox. <laughs> oh, no, I want a. I want a good Star. I just want he, the third person shooting with the he know, just flies a, ship. He just flies straight and he does barrel rolls. That's Andros. not a game. <laughs> All right, guys. Are y'all ready to get into 
a correction, kind of, maybe? Yeah. I want to say one more thing. Uh, What's up? What do you want to say? Oh, I forgot. you. No, no. My hair is no longer at that awkward phase after I shaved it. And oh. I'm sad that you, you guys got, you got never, a little stubble now. Yeah, you guys never got. To, well, no, I had more than just stubble. <laughs> it wasn't that <laughs> short. It's just it, it doesn't shiny look, like Krillin. It just doesn't look like He's, super awkward anymore. It's actually like grown into it now, and it doesn't. What you do with all that head wax you bought? I did. It was. I wasn't to like keep a, your head nice and shiny. I wasn't like Vin Diesel. Like I said, it was more like uh, Chris O'Donnell. <laughs> okay. You could have taken a picture. I mean, I still can. It it hasn't grown out. It's only been like a week. I want to go full Gary Witta. Dude, I told you, man. I, <laughs> I, I, I'll do it with you. Witta pulls it off, man. I think it he looks does. better. I think it looks better a little bit longer. But, you know, whatever. That's the beauty of hair. It grows back yep. for most people. That's why I did it. All right. We got a semi sort of correction, depending on how cynical you are and how trusting you are with a company that's not likely to have too much of either of those from you. Uh, We talked last week about a rumor regarding the Silent Hill soft reboot and renewed development talks for Silent Hills, uh, both of which Konami says are not true. Because why else would they? Why would they come out and say, yep, nailed it. We're doing this. (laughs) You found Uh, us out. Yeah. (laughs) You guys got us, you little dastardly devils. According to a North American PR representative for Konami, rumors surrounding a Silent Hill reboot and a Silent Hills revival are just that rumors. Quote, we're aware of all the rumors and reports, but can confirm that they are not true. I know it's not the answers your fans may want to hear. And uh, it's not to say that we are completely closing the door on the franchise, just not in the way it is being reported, end quote. So, I mean, that's taking out what you will. It's a grain of salt. I mean, it's something... It's it's the same with you know what hey yeah we're gonna we love Silent Hill we got a pachinko machine in development what else do you guys <laughs> want but uh, yeah obviously I mean if they weren't gonna come out and be like yep this is one hundred percent confirmed we're definitely doing both these things well uh, but the the thing I find interesting is they didn't come out and say we're not working on anything with this IP at this time which is what your PR would say if you weren't working on anything now. If maybe you well, were, they wouldn't say that because we know there's like a Silent Hill would. film in development. Well, there's a fish. There is a Silent Hill film in development from the director of the first one, right? So but like, I mean, right off the bat, they couldn't say, "Oh, we're not doing anything with the IP." I mean, video game wise, obviously. I, I mean, know, it, yeah. yeah. But I, I think this is. I, I agree with you. I think that is something that you say when you don't want to say a definite no. Exactly. I mean. This is, I, I don't know, it's, I don't trust Konami further than I can throw them, which is not at all because I can't lift a company and they're kind of like a more of a, an ethereal form. They're not like a physical thing I can grab. Uh, but sure. <laughs> I don't know why that had to be. Now, 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 she didn't know what companies are. Now that is to say, do I think Konami and Kojima are working like together with Sony in the middle, like the rumor Nah, uh-huh. prob- probably not, but... Oh, no, I know. I mean, yeah. this could, they could, like I said, that's why it's in the rumor mill, not in the news. That's why we, we said take a lot of salt with this. Uh, it When it sounds too good to be true, it usually is. But also, this is another instance where even even if it is 100% true for real, this is still the statement they would have put out. Like, yeah, ah, you know, this, that's not happening, blah, blah, blah. And they could just be playing hardball. You don't know how those negotiations are going. Maybe... True. 
they were saying that, hey, this is not happening so that Sony wants to give Konami a bigger cut or something. You know, the back de- back the business dealings, yeah, the dark a alleyways. Of, a lot of this stuff is very like contractual, so you just you really don't know because it's all business. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there could be a contract in place that says, hey, you know, until this is fleshed out, we're not even allowed to talk about it. We have to pretend like it doesn't exist, even if it does. Like, yeah, who knows? But Konami did say something. That's all we got. They didn't now, say onto some no. actual news. They didn't say no. Uh, Nintendo, of course, had a direct mini today, which I don't know what I thought all the directs were mini. This seems like a big direct to me. <laughs> yeah, it was almost really a half fast. hour long. Well, yeah. so I think the the whole mini was in the fact that there was they they really didn't advertise this at all that this was going to happen, and it was just a random thing that they dropped. I think if it had been like if they didn't put mini, people would have been like, "Well, why didn't you tell me? You know, we couldn't cover this." Blah blah. blah. I ran out of three. Metroid Prime, <laughs> right? I and think yeah. it's because like there wasn't any sort of like major news. Yes, you know? also that nothing was like completely out of the blue new that was like blowing people's minds. Like you right. said, this yeah, is these very, are yeah, these, these are updates. Are, these are new release dates we didn't have before on games we already knew were coming. Yeah, most of this. Yeah, like I said, most of this was stuff that we are like you said we already kind of knew or were aware about through one means or another. Yeah, so most of this will go through pretty quickly. Uh, I know, Ethan, you wanted to expand a little bit on some of the Pokemon Sword and Shield expansion pass details that were revealed, but uh, we will Just get there in due course. Yeah. Uh, first off, we're getting another Smash character, of course. They're still filling out that expansion pass. Yeah, well, okay. Uh, they there didn't are, say who it would be. There are Just six Just that it more? was going to be... Yeah, there's six more coming, and then Jeez. that'll be it. Uh, the first of which is someone from ARMS. Yeah, they haven't decided They didn't yet. say who. It's just going to be a character <laughs> from ARMS. You yeah. know, the hit IP that set the world on fire at the launch of the switch. Whenever they announced this, I was just, I, I, I even just double checked a second ago. I was just like, isn't someone from arms already in this game? Nope. Apparently like, it's just what it felt no. like. It, yeah. But well, apparently not. So they wanted, I think they, I got him confused with little Mac is what I did. <laughs> they, said, they said that this character is going to have like new mechanics for the fighting to simulate like the mechanics from the game and they're still kind of working motion on that controls and that sucks ass i, I don't know I, I doubt that that's what it means but they're still trying to work on that, that was the whole mechanic the, with arms i don't i don't think that's the mechanic they were talking about though but maybe i mean i don't know you still have to design every character to work with every controller type that the game supports now yeah, yeah. You can't but, be motion control character only if you can play with a GameCube controller. Oh, right. no, I don't they're, think he's going to be motion controlled only. I think there's still going to be button inputs. But I think what they meant is, like, maybe the the, the character's arm being able to, like, go behind extend. like behind a character that's in front of you by, like, wrapping around or something. I, I don't know. But uh, what about something where you could, like, the arm could extend, like, around a platform? Sure, yeah, something like, like that. You could and punch you should, like up and di- diagonally or something. Yeah, yeah. Where normally like a platform I, it would like your attack would hit, bounce off the platform. I think this could they're go around it. Trying to make something that feels unique to the character from that game while not like breaking the meta and making him an unstoppable like destroyer. I think that's a fair assumption to make. Uh next Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition gets a release date of May 29th, which is honestly a lot sooner than I expected. Woo. This was just announced uh, <laughs> Yay. late last year, if I recall, one of the directs then. Uh, this is cool. I mean, uh, I always wanted to go back and play this game. This was originally on the Wii in like 2009, I want to say, something like that. 
and I, I played like maybe five hours of it back then and then gave up because I I think I was playing with a waggle controller because I didn't have a pro controller. I was like, that's not how I want to play. An I RPG, watched this but, and I was like, oh, hey, that's where that Smash character is from. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's all. Yeah. Next, uh, 2K is bringing a bunch of new games to the Switch. Of course, they're all ports. Uh, Bioshock, the collection is coming. Borderlands, the Legacy Collection, and XCOM 2 Collection are all coming to Switch. Uh, I don't believe any release dates were given, but they did have details about how they would work. Uh, they are each going to have physical releases, so they're coming on cartridges as well as digital. But Bioshock games will only feature each game's first acts on the cartridge, so I guess that means like the opening chapter of each of those games. Uh, Borderlands 1 will be the only title on its cartridge. You'll have to download updates to get uh, Borderlands 2 and the pre-sequel. And XCOM 2 contains the first two missions of the base campaign without any of the uh, War of the Fallen or is that some normal War of the Chosen. Switch stuff? Depending on how big the game is, yes. Because wow. the maximum cartridge size for Switch games, I believe, is 32 gigabytes. So if your game is bigger than that, then you have to have a downloadable update. But the 32 gig cartridge is also the most expensive for Nintendo Produce. I think it's upwards of like $10 per cartridge, like tacked onto the developer if they use that one. So a lot of times they try to use the 16 gigabyte cartridge and just have you download the additional games. Uh, it's so normal, <laughs> Ethan, that the the legacy of Zelda uh, Breath of the Wild, when that launched, you can't boot the game from the cartridge without connecting it to the Internet and downloading the day one patch. Wow. So, so, like, they set that precedent when the system launched. That, so, like, you would just be downloading like, parts of your game onto your system. It's just for people who simply just want to be able to touch it? Basically, yeah. yeah people like, like physical <laughs> copies, yeah. And to I mean, be able I to resell their games and they like cases. I mean, it's the same I reason that anyone buys physical yeah, for anything. I understand it. It just, that just seems, like, silly from a business point. But, okay, whatever, man. Nintendo, man. Doing I mean, from a business thing. point. It makes sense because you get to save money on the cartridge that you have to use. Cartridges are always expensive, right? Like, that's always – that's why every generation when right, Nintendo said, pulls this fucking cartridge bullshit again. Yeah, you it said was they like, were – sure it would be great if they were discs. You said they were using the <laughs> most – cheap. You said they were using the most expensive cartridge on the market. How is that a good idea? Couldn't they save money by – No, no. I didn't say that. I, I said that just that the cartridges cost money. Oh. They're not the most expensive cartridge. It's basically like an SD card. Oh, okay. I'm saying that uh, the most expensive out of what they offer f- to store the games is the 32 gig carts, which yeah. just no, a I lot of developers point. don't yeah. pick that because they want the cheaper ones. Right. No, it's it's not that they're like, yeah, Nintendo didn't look out on the, across the, the landscape of cartridge options and pick the priciest. They, they're basically just proprietary style SD cards. That's silly. But. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it, this is kind of common. You're pretty much used to it now. That's why they have like a sticker on a lot of Switch games. It's like on the front of the box. It says, hey, download required. Like, make sure you have an SD card because you're going to need extra storage. I'm just now hearing about this and I'm outraged and I can't believe you switch, <laughs> you switch owners. Let them get away with this. You've become complacent and now it's just normal everyday Switch stuff. Tony, man, people love that Nintendo dick. For shame. Next, Bravely Default has a demo, and it's out right now. Bravely Default, sorry, Bravely Default 2. two. Yeah, yeah. The second one. You can play that right now if you want to play some Bravely Default. See what that one's all about. Honestly, uh, now, whenever they were doing the trailer for Bravely Default, I was just like, is this the next Octopath? And why yeah, does I remember art style talking about suck? that. <laughs> like, yeah, hey, fuck you. 
Bravely Default's cool. <laughs> yeah, no, I, mean, I did not a, like. I did not a, like that art style. It's a Square Enix game. I mean, it's it's cool. It'll be good. Yeah, It'll be very that's, good. Yeah, that's fine. It'll be good. It'll there were just parts of the battle system in there that uh, reminded me a lot of Octopath. You remind me a lot of Octopath. Next, <laughs> yeah, one of the other JRPGs I'll never beat. More Pokemon Sword and Shield expansion pass details were revealed, including Cubfu, a new legendary Pokemon, which Ethan told me in the pre-show is not new. We have seen him before, but yes. what we didn't see was that trainers will challenge the Towers of Two Fists, uh, where you'll use only Cubfu to complete the Tower of Darkness or Tower of Waters. Yes. Uh, and then once a tower is conquered, Cubfu will evolve into Urshifu, and we'll learn a different strike style depending on which tower was conquered. Uh, new cosmetics were revealed, and when you complete the Isle of Armor expansion, your starter Pokemon gets a Gigantamax with a special ability, whatever that means. Uh, which, Ethan, you also said is not something that you have to beat the expansion for that you get it at some other point. I don't believe so, but, I mean, we, we don't know for sure. We, we'll find out. It's probably not something you have to complete because I assume it would be something they'd want you to use in the Isle of Armor because... I mean, you beat the expansion and then you get the super powerful thing. What, what are you going to do with it then? Uh, save it for yeah. the next one, I guess. But that would just seem kind of silly. Uh, the special ability they get is, I believe, just their their Gigantamax uh, move, which is like... Uh, uh, it's like uh, each one has like a special ability. Yeah, the, like, I, I only remember the, or the has water... Or customized one. The water one is uh, Hydro Snipe because he's yeah. a fucking sniper on a tower and it's really brutal. Yeah, one of them gets like a drum. Yeah, yeah one of them gets a drum. Yeah, and they the all get, one has yeah, like they a all get really down. fucking big and yeah, it's, you know, it's cool. It's more Pokemon. Yeah, if you want more Pokemon information, this is not the right podcast for you. Go no. find that yeah. out there somewhere uh, around there. Next, Animal Crossing New Horizons gets an Easter seasonal event from April 1st to April 12th where players can participate in Bunny Day. How cute is that? Where you can go mm-hmm. on an egg hunt and craft exclusive items with your findings. An Earth Day event will follow in late April. Eth- or Andrew, are you excited for Bunny Day? Hell yeah. I can be a cute little bunny, get some ears, probably get a little tail, and, you know, hopping around, collecting eggs. It's going to be dope. Sounds fucking lame. Next, Star Wars <laughs> Jedi Knight Jedi Academy is available right now with its full original story and 16-player multiplayer mode. The game also released today on PlayStation 4. Yeah, dope. If you've never played uh, Jedi Academy, it's cool. And the it's multiplayer is like super fun. Yeah, you get to customize your character and everything. Can I read the next one? Yes. Awesome. By far the best port news. Star Wars Episode One Racer will be headed onto the Switch and other platforms later this year. I squealed when I saw this. <laughs> this that game, part of memories for this, this game. Is, this is one of the, I remember playing this. He loves anything that has anything to do with the Phantom Menace. I fucking love the Phantom Menace. I played this on the N64, and also this was one of those games where, like, if I went to an arcade, it had one of the dopest arcades or setups. a main event. Sorry, my cat is like freaking out. Uh, if I went to like <laughs> a main so event or vibing. something, she's vibing I, off. You. I looked for this like the the large scale one where you could get in it, and it had like the booster things that you had with your hands, and you played the game like fucking Anakin in the movie. Ah, oh, that is yeah, some good really stuff. Cool. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, I played this game very recently. It's not that good. <laughs> oh no, yeah. my memories are by far <laughs> I way better. <laughs> But I don't care. What you want, Ethan, is the AAA high budget Star Wars Episode One Racer remake. Uh, That's sure. what you want. 
I want. I think I want to go back to when I was nine and I was playing this game. <laughs> Next, Clubhouse Games arrives on June fifth, twenty twenty, and features fifty one classic games such as bowling, a Connect Four game that we can't call Connect Four for copyright reasons, Mancala, Slot Cars, Texas Hold'em, and more. It had a bunch of shit on there. 51. This should have been out like today for all of this quarantine. This is like on, but. this is like uh, this is like a game for your your parents or your grandparents that all have like a switch or something, or anybody. You know, the next time the power goes out, we're all going to crowd around the switch, hook up a couple Joy Cons, <laughs> and and play Mancala, Yahtzee. Or there was, yeah, a, there was a lot like on there, man. There was a lot. There's 51 games. Yeah. Hey, next. Granddad, you want to bring out the switch and play some backgammon? That was on there. Oh, where's Billy? <laughs> It's, it's Greg. Billy died 10 years ago. Oh, <laughs> oh the wrong kid died. Next. Catherine full body drops on Switch on July 7th, 2020. Just a little bit later than its PlayStation 4 release. This is pretty hype. Catherine, everybody should play Catherine. It's a good game. It's two days after my birthday. There you go. Maybe I'll buy it for you. No, I want Next year. I want Royal. Damn it. Panzer Dragoon remake is available right now. It will release on Xbox One, Steam, and Stadia, our favorite Stadia. streaming platform, sometime later in 2020. So if you want that Panzer Dragoon goodness, you got to get it on Switch right now. Uh, Shinsekai Into the Depths is available right now. IGN calls it a deep sea exploration game where players must collect resources to upgrade gear, craft items, and dive deeper and deeper into the watery abyss. Oh, man. So first of all, fuck IGN. Secondly... This looked really actually kind of cool. Um, it, it was one of those like explore, do underwater. I don't know what you even really would call it, but it just looked really neat. And it looked really the, the scuba diver man. He was very detailed. It's it's, it's almost like, yeah, it's, it's kind of like a Metroidvania in a way. Yeah, like the map it's style. Like and a, the, it's yeah. a side scrolling and you're exploring, going back to old areas, upgrading yeah. your abilities. And you had like a harpoon gun. It looked kind of cool. Yeah. I would like to say, don't fuck IGN. This is where the, this entire breakdown came from. Uh, next, a free update will be released for Ring Fit Adventure later today that will add a new rhythm game mode and a female in-game voice option. The rhythm game mode features a few tracks from such games as Super Mario Odyssey, Splatoon 2, and the Zelda of the Zelda of Legend, <laughs> Breath of the Wild. Wasn't like the main character of Ring Fit Adventure a woman? Why are they just now adding a woman's voice? No, it's like a like, the woman's voice is like your in-game options menu, like your like yeah, the you character could, that reads stuff off. Yeah, you oh, could right. pick a man or a woman, but yeah, the voice was apparently only a man, and I was like, huh? Did did not like know the narrator that. or like, yeah, like uh, next good job exclamation point is out right now a quote madcap action puzzle game that has players performing quote hilarious and challenging tasks around a sprawling office building to get the job done by any means necessary alone or in two player mode End quote. out of all the games in this direct. This was the one that had my attention the most. Oh yeah. Good job. You get a, yeah. you, you get a good job, buddy. Uh, maybe if it's on sale one day, it just looks like it, it's silly and fun. I like silly and I like fun. Next Marvel ultimate Alliance three, the black order, also known as Drew's favorite game of 2019 that he gave yep. up on really fast. I, uh, I just got third, stuck on a boss and I it's haven't third gotten back to it yet. Expansion pack releases today. Wait, adding the Fantastic third? Four and Doctor really? Doom as playable characters and a new story campaign. Yeah, I think the second one was like X-Men. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, 
I was yeah, very dead game. Yeah, I was never really on that UA three ship, and uh, yeah, uh, who cares? Next, King's Bounty two, a new sequel to the King's Bounty series that began in nineteen ninety, is headed to the Nintendo Switch with more realistic graphics, in game choices that truly matter, a new character <laughs> development system, and much more. I like the way that it's written. Is that like all the choices of the um, previous sequels? Those didn't matter. Why, These truly matter. Why do I feel like King's Bounty is a video game movie that we're going to end up watching eventually? You just, just say that because the next movie we're watching is in the name of the king. No, Evil that's, that's in a, a cave in that's Germany. A, just no, that's a years up. That's a different franchise. It's just I feel like this is one of those things where it's like just vague enough that nobody knows that somebody made a video game movie about it. <laughs> next, Ninjala is coming to Switch. A free-to-play, up-to-eight-player ninja battle game that allows players to, quote, sprint across straight stages, disguise themselves, and wield an arsenal of skills like heavy-hitting hammers, fast and flashy katanas, and tricked-out yo-yos. Ninjala will be released on Nintendo Switch in May 2020. Yeah, it's just And like- finally... Oh, I'm sorry, Ethan. Did you have so, some? No, it was. I mean, no, not really. Thoughts. It looked on like Ninjala. It looked like Splatoon, but with like melee weapons and ninjas. It was, yeah, awesome. that's basically what it was. No. Yeah, I don't know. Stupid bubblegum. Nintendo games. And finally, everyone loves a montage, and this one gave us the names and dates for a host of hot titles coming to Switch. We got Trials of Mana coming April 24th. Fuser coming fall 2020. The Elder Scrolls Blades, which I could have swore was canceled, spring 2020. Warhammer 40,000 Mechanicus coming in May. Vigor closed beta on April 9th, 2020. Burnout Paradise Remastered coming sometime in 2020. Saints Row 4 Reelected coming in March 27th, 2020. The Legend of Heroes Trials or Trails of Cold Steel 3 coming June 30th, Mr. Driller's Drill Land coming June 25th, Dope. and Minecraft Dungeons coming spring 2020. And that was your Nintendo Direct Mini. <laughs> I played the Trials of Mana demo the other day. Trials of Mana is probably going to be pretty good. Yeah, it was fun. Cute Mana little, games are good little RPGs. Cute little uh, combat system. You got to pick from a couple of characters to choose from for the demo. It was, it was kind of Hot. Our first actual news story from Adam Bankhurst at IGN. This is pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. Epic Games has announced that it will be publishing the next games from Jin Design, makers of The Last Guardian, Play Dead, makers of Inside and Limbo, and Remedy Entertainment, makers of... Fuck you, HTTPS everywhere. Just decide to update and open a new tab. Makers of Control <laughs> through Epic Games Publishing, its new multi-platform publishing effort with a developer-first approach. The Epic Games approach to publishing uh, is, quote, fundamentally changing the developer-publisher model and aims to have the most developer-friendly terms in the industry so that creators can focus on making great games. Epic pointed to its three major features. One being developers will retain 100% of all intellectual property and full creative control of their work. Two, Epic Games Publishing will cover up to 100% of development costs from developer salaries to -to go-to-market expenses, such as quality assurance, localization, marketing, and all publishing costs. And number three, developers earn a fair share for their work. Once costs are recouped, developers earn at least 50% of all profits. Quote, 
We're building the publishing model we always wanted for ourselves when we worked with publishers, said Tim Sweeney, founder of CEO, founder and CEO of Epic Games. Uh, of course, Gen Design was founded by Fumito Ueda in 2014. Ueda worked at Sony Computer Entertainment's uh, SIE Japan studio and led development of Eco, Shadow of the Colossus, and The Last Guardian. Play Dead was founded in 2006 by Arndt Jensen and Dino Patty. Dino Patty? It's probably Dino. Dino. Uh, <laughs> Dino. The first game, Limbo, was released in 2010, and Inside was released six years later in 2016. Both games released to critical acclaim. Play Dead's third game was first teased in 2017 with its first concept art. Remedy Entertainment was founded in, ni- founded in 1995 and is responsible for such titles as Max Payne, Alan Wake, Quantum Break, and IGN's Game of the Year 2019 Control. Uh, quote, Gen Design, Remedy, and Play Dead are amongst the most innovative and talented studios in the industry with strong visions for their next games, said Hector Sanchez, head of Epic Games Publishing. Quote, they will have full control while Epic will provide a solid foundation of project funding and services. While there is no new information on these studios' new games in this announcement, Epic Games Publishing does tease that additional information, development partners, and games will be announced in the coming months. This is pretty fucking crazy. Yeah, this it is. is like everything a game developer could ask for. Mm-hmm. This and is I think like, it, uh, like they've definitely like learned from their time. Yet, like when they said before, from when they worked with uh, what was it, uh, producers or. Uh, Excuse me. Uh, yeah. Well, when they were just a developer and they weren't publishing games Thank themselves. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Obviously, Epic has worked with everyone from Microsoft to Activision to, uh, fuck, who's the other one we hate? EA. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, they, Epic Games has been around for years and years and years. And, I mean, obviously, we've seen with, like, Fortnite, how they were able to just blow up overnight and ended up opening the Epic Games Store, which... Again, a lot of consumers getting the hissy fit over because of lacking features that Steam has, but a lot of developers love it because, as we said in the past, they kind of provide a safety net to developers that say, hey, you know, we're going to essentially buy X amount of copies of your games so that you'll sell the game on our stores, which means that a lot of these people, they don't have to worry about putting food on the table. And now they're going a step further and saying, hey, we're going to get into publishing, too, and you know, like this says, you get all of your intellectual property rights, which never happens when you sign on to a publisher. That's the first thing they say is, hey, we're going to make this game, but we own your idea now. Like, yep. that's why companies like, you know, Microsoft have very specific requirements when th- companies break away. When Bungie left Microsoft, they didn't take Halo with them. Microsoft gave Halo to 343 Industries and Bungie had to make Destiny themselves, uh, which, of course, Destiny is owned by Activision, even though. Uh, well, it was owned by Activision. That was kind of a big deal when Bungie broke away was that they actually got to keep Destiny, which was kind of unprecedented. But yeah, covering all their development costs, uh, <clears throat> the fact that they're actually still going to give a developer a cut of their profits afterwards. I think this is pretty crazy. Ethan, how, how do you feeling about this, buddy? Well, this is a great sign for the industry as a whole. Like uh, everybody, like Drew said, learning from the past and mistakes others have made and, you know, positive things that people have done and taking, you know, what you've learned, what others have learned, putting it all together and going forward in the industry setting like a precedent for others to look at and be like, hey, that's a that's everybody really seems to like what they're doing and it works. So why not? adopt that and then it becomes like just a president for the whole industry for everybody but we you know it is something you have to see because you know it's like ever like any new thing it 
you know, trial and error. So hopefully it works out. But I think this is great. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? We could see five years down the line that Epic loses a shit ton of money on these developers. <laughs> and they don't come out with the best games. But this is a great host of developers, too, to be starting this initiative with. Like, Gen Design, obviously. Oh, yeah, you've got a lot of made pedigrees, yeah. Yeah, we were just talking up Shadow of the Colossus either last episode of the year before or the episode before uh, The Last Guardian was, like, a lot of people's games of the year when that came out. Of course, I... You know, I love Control. Not for everybody. Yeah, honestly, I've still not finished The Last Guardian. I kind of got bored with it, but it's on my list. I can still see how interesting it is, like that fucking big giant rat dog. Very intelligent, that guy. But uh, (laughs) them uh, picking up Remedy is pretty crazy. I'm very excited to see if that means that Remedy's going to jump right into a Control 2 and maybe even expand on those ideas significantly. Or you think more Maybe they might be able to... Well, again, Alan Wake is owned by Microsoft. Oh, of course it is. Of course. It's up to Microsoft whether or not they get to make another Alan Wake or Quantum Break. Microsoft Mm. owns both those IPs because on both of those games for years, uh, that's what uh, the guys over at Remedy have said is that, you know, we would love to go back and make an Alan Wake too. But it's it's up to Microsoft if we get to do it. And that was their big move with Control was, you know, generating a new IP going with a publisher like 505 Games that said, hey, you can keep your IP. But the problem with them publishing through 505 was just that 505 is a very small publisher. They didn't have the marketing budget to throw behind. Control was largely developed with in-house resources because 505 just, they don't fund games like that. But then you see what kind of game they put out, how quickly they developed it. And now Epic has gone to them and be like, hey, we want to fund your next project as well. And like that's super exciting for me personally to see what comes out of that studio next. And then the guys baking Limbo and play uh, over Play Dead, that's super cool. Like I, I don't know if you guys have played Lim- Limbo or uh, Inside, but both those games are super super interesting. Yeah, I just remember I uh, Limbo just has like such a distinct uh, art style. That's the only thing I really know about it. And I think what was the other game you said? Inside, they both yeah, have a very similar have art, the style, same yeah. art style. Yeah, you know, a lot of grays and blacks and shadows. And yeah, Inside is trippy as fuck too. Like that, that game has a wild fucking ending. It's <laughs> it's excellent. But uh, yeah, this is really cool. Uh, and it's it's always cool. I mean, again, I'm very good at filtering out all the bullshit from you know consumers that are mad at Epic just because they want to be mad about something, but. This is a shakeup in the industry big time. Like this is a the definition of a shakeup. And if if Epic can come in here, show how it's done, these developers can make some awesome games, then you've got to look at companies like EA and Activision and their teams and start wondering, oh man, how many people are gonna see this grass is greener on the other side and it's actually paying off kind of situation and start flocking to other studios and just be like, Oh God, it's so much easier over here. <laughs> so much stress-free. You get to be creative and do what you want to do. Yeah. We don't feel like staying. We can take our idea. Yeah. That's the best part is that like, they're, they're not even contracting you to be like, Hey, we're going to incubate your idea and you make the best game in the world. And you decide, you know what? We're going to strike out on our own. They're still cool with that. Like you get to take your game. That's yeah. crazy to me. Like that, it almost like in any other company, I'd be like, "What's the what's the catch? What's the dirty part in the contract that says <laughs> I owe you my firstborn or something like that?" Like, but I, I don't think that we're gonna see that. I think Epic's doing a lot of cool stuff. It's it's kind of like, I, actually, I don't know what it's like, but it's basically I think just Tim Sweeney's like 
that guy that made his million dollars and decided to give back instead of the guy who's sitting on the top of his mountain of cash and thinking, all right, I need more. Well, yeah, <laughs> for sure. More. He definitely seems like that guy because I believe also Tim Sweeney has been buying up a bunch of like, uh, at like reservations. I want to say not the right word, but, but like a bunch of like forests and everything and just, and just keeping them alive, you know, for the environment. Interesting. I had read about that. But yeah, I wouldn't doubt that he's quite philanthropic. Mm. Next, from Jason Trier over at Kotaku, GameStop will close all of its stores to its customers. Uh, well, it says tomorrow, but this has already happened a couple days ago now that we're reporting on it. Uh, but uh, switching to a delivery at the door service for locations that remain open, company CEO George Sherman said in a letter to employees today that was a or the other day when this was written, was obtained by Kotaku. Uh, shoppers will be able to order games online by using the GameStop app or with QR codes at stores. They can then pick the games up curbside at stores that remain open through the coronavirus pandemic. Some states, however, like California and Nevada, have forced the struggling retailer to shut down its locations entirely despite GameStop's protests. Probably could have avoided that if they weren't so stupid going into all of this, but I digress. Uh, Sherman also said in the letter that GameStop will be giving 80 hours of extra paid time off to those employees that closed locations, uh, closed or closing stores who are eligible for it, I should say, and two extra weeks of pay to those who aren't. The CEO emphasized that any employees who do not feel comfortable going to work at stores doing delivery should tell their supervisors accordingly. Quote, we respect that everyone has personal situations and preferences, so your decision will not impact your position with the company. Uh, this news comes in the wake of a comes in the wake of a week full of confounding moves from the retailer, which has been struggling financially over the past three years as customer moves to digital stores. As the United States intensified its response to the pandemic, GameStop was slow to react. First, employees complained that GameStop did not adequately supply them with cleaning and sanitizing supplies, and as states began shutting down businesses in hopes of mitigating the spread of the virus, the retailer told the employees to stay open regardless, claiming it was essential retail. So I guess they've decided they're not quite essential anymore. Yeah, we've been like, yeah, we've I, been covering this since the beginning, and it's this is pretty much like the final tail end of it, and it's glad to see that they finally, finally came around to their senses. Well, I Ethan, mean, you pointed out on Slack 100%. that yeah, not a hundred percent, but Ethan was the one to point out on Slack too that like, of course, this happened right after Doom Eternal and this Animal Crossing exactly could get, their, could get their day one sales done right, and yeah, they they basically held off as long as they could to make sure that those could fly off the shelves as quickly as possible without having to deter people from physical copies through the curbside pickup and stuff. But yeah, yeah, we fucking see you, George Sherman. We, we know what's going on, <laughs> but uh, shady fuck. yeah, I, the, obviously this should have happened a week, two weeks earlier. Mm-hmm. There's no reason that they couldn't have more quickly switched to contactless delivery or anything like that. Like when fucking Domino's pizza can figure it out two weeks ago, <laughs> like, come on, GameStop. Like what, what the fuck what are, are you doing here? Yeah. Yeah. But you could and, try a, a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. I don't know, man. It's not a good year for them in general. And then stuff like not this, like, I think, uh, <laughs> you know, it's it's always hard to look at them and really try to f- pin down what their uh, their life expectancy is. You always got like, oh, well, this game's coming out or, oh, the next gen consoles are coming out. But with this all happening, I just don't know. Actually, I'm curious. I want to see how much their stock has changed the last couple of days since this oh, happened. Oh, I mean, it's probably just as bad as everybody else's is. Uh, it's up five and a half percent. Yeah, but so is everybody else's at this point. The whole market, yeah. the whole market had almost like a ten point increase the other day because it's at the yeah. fucking bottom. Yeah, right. <laughs> it can only go up from here. Hopefully, God, like, Jesus Christ. 
Let's see. Yeah, it's back. Uh, well, it's yeah. not good. Yeah, back, <laughs> up from, 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 back up from nothing is still almost nothing. But yeah, it was, again, uh, with, with trading it. They were trading at $6.31 a share January 2nd. They're still down to $4.41. Yeah. Both of those numbers are horrific when you're looking at a company like GameStop anyway. Yeah. Uh, the stock market really but, isn't a great indicator right now because it's going to wildly vary in the next months up until the end of the year, honestly. But just you got It's like that game, though, Ethan. It's like that game. How low can you go? Yeah. But okay. you got you to gotta wonder what happened. I mean, obviously, the whole market is seeing this stuff. But GameStop's problems existed before. That's true. So That's how true. how low can they go? Yeah, you got to wonder it's, what uh, Reggie will crazy. do when he he gets there in April, and if he can really do much of anything, just because of the state of the globe. Dude, point. Reggie's gonna resign before he even officially starts. <laughs> I doubt. <laughs> He's gonna be like, "All right, never mind, guys. All right, I see where this is going. There's nothing I can do. I'm out. All right, next." Nintendo's critically acclaimed sequel has sold more copies in its first week on sale in the UK. Well, hold on. Uh, okay, I should have written this better. Uh, we're talking about Animal Crossing. <laughs> Nintendo's critically acclaimed sequel has sold more copies in its first week on sale in the UK than the launch sales of all previous Animal Crossing games combined, including the spinoffs. Uh, the launch is 3.5 times bigger than the last game in the series, which was 2013's Animal Crossing New Leaf on the Nintendo 3DS, oh, which was the previous biggest launch for the series. Oh, yeah, you can play that. You still have a 3DS, don't you? Uh, yeah, we'll talk about that later on at the end of the show, actually. I, I bet you can get a new Leaf for as cheap as $49 because Nintendo games never go on sale. It's probably $39.99. Uh, <laughs> it is also the biggest single game launch on Nintendo Switch since the console came out in the country. Damn. This only factors in physical sales, and it does not include digital download numbers, which may have been higher than usual considering the concerns around the COVID-19 virus that has seen the UK government recommend that its citizens stay indoors. So even though... Coronavirus is going on. It's still the highest selling physical game for the console, despite how hard it is to get physical (laughs) copies of games right now. Uh, Nintendo does not share digital download data externally. It's no surprise to learn that Nintendo's game was number one in the box charts this week, comfortably ahead of Doom Eternal, which debuted at number two. Doom Eternal's physical launch sales are roughly a third smaller than its predecessor, but the drop may not be quite so significant once we factor in digital sales. Unfortunately, Bethesda also does not share these downloaded figures, so we don't know how well the game really performed. But Bethesda has announced that the sales figures over the launch weekend doubled Doom 2016's launch. So even though physical sales are down, overall it's done twice as good as 2016, uh, at least in the UK. Uh, according to Japanese publication Famitsu, Animal Crossing New Horizons has sold 1.88 million copies in its first three days in Japan, surpassing Pokemon Sword and Shield's 1.36 million units. So the juggernaut that was Pokemon Sword and Shield has already been toppled Animal by Crossing. fucking Tom Nook. Isabel and Tom Nook are just <laughs> out there ripping and tearing. <laughs> I know, dude. I can't. This is actually shocking to me like i know is it it? i know there was hype for animal crossing but again it's just like what drugs are they hiding in nintendo switch consoles fans so rapid you have to remember there's a lot of children and adults whereas for some video games it might just be uh one or the other maybe i'm pulling that out of my ass i don't know you could be right i mean 
I, I'm not going to pull it up just because I'm I'm not 100 percent interested. Yeah, but, it's, uh, it's I got to wonder where where other Animal Crossing games landed because, uh, as you said, their last one we're comparing to, which was the previous biggest, was a 3DS game, mm-hmm. which you could obviously you could claim that you know that's a way bigger child market than the much wider demographic you have on Nintendo Switch. I mean, where it's closer to like the Wii, where you got like people of all ages yeah, are getting yeah, into yeah, this. Yeah. Versus a 3DS, which a handheld is like a 3DS is just it was always just marketed as more of a kid's device. Well, I think now just because yeah. like I see the Switch Lite as like the new Game Boy, but I guess you technically that's still how have, I see it too. You still have like the 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 Nintendo the not the 3DS, but the you can still take your original Switch everywhere. Yeah. Oh, that's true. God, yeah. I want a Switch fucking bad. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. They're selling out pretty I much know. around the country. They're impossible, they're impossible. They're so yeah. on now. They're impossible uh, to get. And the ones that are selling are like four hundred dollars. Like four. <laughs> oh yeah, they're, they're above MSRP for sure. And then I, Jeez. I think Walmart's doing that thing too, where they have some units, but they're only selling them in like those game bundles, where it's like, hey, you gotta you gotta buy it along with like an yeah, extra pair of Joy Cons or a Pro Controller or uh, a couple I mean, of games or something. I want. They I want won't Animal let you buy Crossing. just the Switch. I want Animal Crossing, and I either want Sword or Shield. Oh, but then I fucking want Breath of the Wild. Like, oh god damn you can it! You borrow my copy of Breath of the Wild. Oh, thank you, Drew. You're you're an angel. You're a mensch. Oh, I love you. I love you, buddy. Uh, but yeah, it was crazy. Whenever I went into work today, I think we had three N- Nintendo Switch lights, and by the time I left work, they were all gone. They were sold out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't doubt it. I mean, it's like, how times. do I keep my kid entertained? For sure. I guess I'm going to fucking finally buy them that switch they've been asking for. Like, um, <laughs> yeah. And multiple times uh, I walked past the electronics department. You know, I people were it was always like, oh, yeah, can I get the switch? And can I get a, a copy of Animal Crossing as well? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's just shocking that it's such a system seller. I, I, I think I mean, I think the reason it's so shocking is because. The franchises, like all these franchises have existed in the past, but in the past, like it was, we know Pokemon's big. We know Mario's big. We know Zelda is big. We've had a few newcomer franchises that are, are like now that they're on the switch, suddenly people care and they're just selling like crazy. Like, like no one went this crazy for fucking Donkey Kong tropical tropic freeze or whatever. Granted, it was a port, but that doesn't matter when it's the first time you get to play it. And Donkey Kong is one of them where we see that as a premier Nintendo franchise. But then you got Animal Crossing coming in and outselling Pokemon, the biggest media franchise on the planet in Japan. That's crazy. But it's like, I think you were kind of alluding to it earlier, Travis, like you were saying, uh, you know, how am I going to keep my kid entertained during this quarantine? Do you think if we weren't in this state of crisis that it would be selling as well as it did? No, and I think that's a good point. I, I think that is a lot of it that, like, I mean, who knows how high the digital sales are for these games? Again, so for these sure. are two games between Doom Eternal and Animal Crossing that are only physical copies being sold, and those numbers are really big. Yeah, which uh, yeah leads Animal me to Crossing believe the digital like, figures are probably enormous. The perfect quarantine game, and I, that's that honestly is a, one of the a horrible thing to say, but it, it truly is. Like, it's a great time passer when you want to just kind of you know, drift off into animal. Forget about the shit we're in. Yeah. Well, both of these are like, these are the first big games of the year too, really. I mean, we had delays for so many other things that they kind of moved out of the way. And they're also, they have the benefit of being two drastically different types of games, which means that if you're interested in both, you're probably going to go ahead and buy both. Like you're, 
I did. One is not going to keep you from buying the other. Oh, no, they're and- too wildly different. So, yeah, you can definitely, like, after you're done, you know, after you've spent hours and hours and hours on Animal Crossing, Doom Eternal would be a nice change of pace and vice versa the vice other way versa. around. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're almost foils for each other. Yeah, maybe yes, Doom's a little perfect. too intense. You need to wind down. Okay, well now I'm going to lay down with Animal Crossing. For I think a little that's bit. why the memes yeah, like of I Isabel. Said I, that I think that's why the memes of Isabel and Doom guy work so well together because they're so different. But the, the juxtaposition love, of it, the love is so pure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think the the pandemic definitely has to do with this. People are looking for ways to keep themselves entertained at home. Uh, I think it's why the story with Animal Crossing of not being able to do a full island on another profile on the same Switch is being such a big deal. Is you've got like one Switch in the house and each kid wants to have their own island, but they can't. Yeah. Uh, okay, so, so I'm sure that, I think that yeah, progression that, is locked behind the main me, persons. Yeah. <laughs> that really bothers me, though, because like if what if it's a. I know. I don't know. Yeah, it bugs me too. It's just it's it's kind of like a quality of life thing, like going along with like the time issue I brought up earlier. So I did like, have a. If you have two, say I have two switch lights, can I share the the cartridge between the two switches? Yeah, because yeah. your save data is internal on the system. So yeah. it, the island is locked specifically to the switch. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that answers that question. All right. All Nintendo's right. just so scared of people like cheating in animal crossing i guess like i almost did, it's one of the sillier examples like you kind of understand it with something like pokemon like why you can't back up your saves because oh well you know they do tournaments and stuff like there's money on the line and you don't want cheating in like multiplayer competitive games but animal crossing dude you're really worried i'm gonna have like extra peaches <laughs> like, you, like you're, that's what you're worried about i could you didn't fix the the time exploit but uh, there was I, a God there forbid, was an item duplication like glitch that on the when they first came out that they just patched oh, with really? the new patch. Yeah, that you could make like a ton of bells really easy by like duplicating a tarantula, which is worth like a lot of bells. Oh. Yeah, interesting. I don't know what any of that means because I haven't played Animal Crossing yet. <laughs> but uh, we got one final piece of news, and it's also about Nintendo. They're officially the first company to begin sending copyright claims to Sony for content found in Media Molecule's dreams. Twitter user Piece of Craft, which is hilarious. <laughs> I like that name a lot. Uh, posted a screenshot from Dreams' creator mode showing his animation rigged Super Mario model had a moderated stamp on it with a note saying, your creation has been moderated and removed from Dreams due to copyright due to contains copyrighted material. Damn. Uh, it doesn't appear the user has been reprimanded in any way, but the Mario creation can no longer be used for online published dreams uh, at all. So I, I believe it can be remixed and like resubmitted and they can like check it to make sure it's not Mario anymore. Yeah. But uh, this was yeah, basically. Yeah, exactly. Like no one thought that this wasn't going to happen. We've been talking about since dreams came out. I, I've especially been talking about it that. Oh, look, someone made something else. Like someone made someone else's intellectual property in dreams. Like, obviously, this is going to happen. Uh, and a, a, a lot of people were quick to point out, too, that this is nothing new for Nintendo. Yeah, dating definitely. Dating all the way back especially to... Especially uh, with Nintendo, yeah. Yeah, dating all the way back to Little Big Planet. There were people removing, like, the 1-1 one, one worlds that people were making on Little Big Planet and stuff. Uh, most companies don't care. Nintendo is just always, of course, particularly yeah, wary and protective uh, of yeah. 
Sorry, yeah, there's that. Av- there's like that Avatar game, and I'm pretty sure the people that were doing Avatar were like, "Awesome job, man!" or something like that. Like, yeah, but Nintendo was like, "Wait, are we making money off this?" No, yeah, exactly. Get rid of it. Yeah, it's, <laughs> did we do that? Take it down. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, though, at least the user hasn't been reprimanded. It does. It's not like he got banned or he's not allowed to publish things anymore. Just it's just more like a slap on the wrist. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And. Uh, he said he could still do stuff with it offline, obviously. Like, so if he wanted to make something he never published, he could still go and do that. But it, it basically just affects his ability to publish a specific thing. And then we, there is no news about whether or not this asset, since it can be used in other people's dreams, <coughs> has been pulled from all of those. Uh, I think all of those are still technically online. Mostly, there might just not be a system in place yet for for Media Molecule to mass remove assets from other dreams. I'm sure they'll but, remove uh, it as they see it or something like that. Yeah, I mean, well, uh, it would kind of suck on Nintendo's behalf to have to report every individual use of the asset. Right, that's what so, I'm saying. So they'll probably just continue to monitor the use of it, maybe. If they see the asset yeah. up again, they'll just take it down. Yeah, I doubt yeah, Nintendo you think there's some sort to. of system that like yeah. links it in the back end just to be like, here's the unique asset ID for this right, asset right, created yeah. by it's probably has craft. A, yeah, it's probably got a code it's attached to it. It's used in this dream. Yeah, there should be a way to just like mess pull it or replace it with like a, a placeholder yeah. asset of some sort or, or like send a message that says, Hey, you know, this asset had a copyright claim. So you're going to have to replace it with something else. That sucks for the guy that has this whole job is to look through every dream. That's his job. Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> that would be a fun dream. Where's Mario? You got to go th- <laughs> going through a bunch of menus and playing other dreams. Looking oh, for Mario. God. That's great. And then you delete him. Uh, well, guys, that was all the news I had for this week. Obviously, everything's the whole industry's kind of running slow. Everyone's working from home. There's not a whole lot of not a whole lot of news going on as everyone continues to deal with uh, this unprecedented pandemic. Now that you bring that up, I, I wanted to ask a question: Is after this whole thing is is said and done, which it will eventually run its course, and it will, you know, we will return to normal. We will live on. Uh, the people that re. The people and the companies that realize that all these people can work for home and they can, you know, save money in other ways by allowing this to happen. Who are the people that are like, you know what? I uh, nothing really changed in my productivity of my projects and all that stuff when I was working for home. So I'm just going to I'm just going to keep working from home. I wonder if there's going to be a mass increase in people that realized it works and there's not a difference that can do that. Will they, or is it just going to be life returns to normal for most things? Well, I, I think it depends on the person, right? Because I sure, mean, not, not everyone wants to be cooped up at home and and blurring that life. Oh yeah, work I mean, you, balance that way. There was a mass increase in divorces because people are I saw that yeah. stuck at home with each other. It's like, come on, that's that wasn't that wasn't that was there before, and you just didn't realize it. Like, come on. Sure, but now that we realize that you can't ignore it anymore. Well, sure, yeah, but that's your own <laughs> fucking blind fault. Like, if on. you're stuck in a room with somebody for a full 24 hours and you're already in each other's throats, then uh, there was obviously some underlying issues. <laughs> that should be, let's that not should sweep be that a, under the rug. That should be a first date thing. Can you re- be with somebody in a room for 24 hours without hey, killing people them? change, man. People that's change. That's true. People change. Or as some people say, people never change. Sometimes when you move that carpet and you see there's a dead animal under there, you just got to get rid of the dead animal. You can't just put the carpet back and pretend no, it's not there. But, <laughs> but I didn't smell it before. I can't smell it now. Just get hardwood. Just get just, exactly. <laughs> throw it all out. Switch to hardwood. No, I mean, I, I think if anything, it will 
it's kind of forced companies to have a system in place for that sort of thing. And so maybe you see more companies adopt this type of uh, of sick leave where you have two options, right? You can either want like you're so sick, like you really feel like you, you would heal better by not having to focus on the stresses of work and stuff. Or, you know, just instead of having to blow a personal or a sick day on having a cough or some sneezing and stuff, you know, do your normal job. But you have a way to do it from home now. Like, I, right. and I, I think there's plenty of people that would like to be able to do that where they don't feel as limited, where it's like, ooh, this is how many times I'm allowed to get sick this year before my paycheck is affected. Where now it's like, okay, you know, I do have like a sinus headache and I, maybe I don't want to talk to Bob every 10 minutes when he comes by the, <laughs> uh, the cubicle yeah. asking me what I'm working on. Right. And, but I could still work at home. <laughs> And have my cuddly kitty in my lap or something and, and get work done. So I, I think maybe maybe hopefully a lot of companies start taking that into consideration. You know, for video game development, this will be significant, if anything, to alleviate the stress of crunch. That if – well, and then like something that you kind of said too was we don't know yet if you're just as productive at right. all. Right? Yeah, like it, we, it definitely will have to find out a little bit into it. Yeah, for for our industry, we'll see within the next few weeks, I think, if, you know, because we talked about this last week, I think that, you know, pretty much everything that was going to come out in March was going to come out. It, that go, that code is gold. It's going to disk. It, those disks are on in boxes on, in warehouses waiting to get shipped out to stores and to homes. Uh, anything after, I would say, probably April 10th. When yeah, Final anything Fantasy after, yes. Coming, yeah. Anything after is stuff will... That's where we see, okay, well, this game, they delayed four weeks. This game delayed two months. You know, we, uh, we'll see there which companies were able to stay as effective and productive with work from home. Yeah. There and which was, ones were um, not. Because if they can't stay as productive, if deadlines start getting missed by too much, obviously you expect some, as people get their system set up, as people, you know, optimize that workflow and get it to where you can you know, communicate with your coworkers in a, in a efficient way. There's obviously going to be like some, some wiggle room time there, but if you can't figure it out too quickly, or if people are, are not able to be as active when they're working from home and we see massive delays, then I don't know if it means too much, but if it's the other way around and we stay mostly on schedule, I think it really does mean a lot for crunch culture in that like you don't mm-hmm. have to sleep at home or I mean sleep at work under your desk or crash in the like the the restroom or something like you can go home and you know if your brain is still on and that's work you would have been doing in the office and staying till 9 10 11 o'clock or whatever there assuming you can do the same amount of work at home right <laughs> exactly yes. yeah like maybe you can go home and take that work home with you cuz that's one thing that keeps coming up a lot is that you see on the journalistic side Crunch is evil. Crunch is the devil. Like we aren't treating our workers right. They need more more rights. But then you have so many developers that are just like, dude, that's what I I'm doing it because that's what I want to do. Like I if I if they told me, hey, dude, nine to five, you got to go home at five o'clock. I'm just gonna sit at home thinking about all the work yeah, I could there, be doing. There's definitely people that can't stop working until they get to a certain point, and it yeah, a regular nine to five doesn't really fit that. Yeah, and so I mean, if if you are that type of worker, and then th- that gives you the opportunity to work more comfortably, like maybe be visually seeing your bed next to you, and be like, okay, now's a good time to go to sleep. I can wake up, and in the morning, I can immediately get back to this. I don't have to feel like 
um, my like my back's against the wall. I got to get this much done before the office closes that day. Maybe it could be a way to make that culture healthy, but also like Productive. still what it is because like, yeah, like the crunch will not go away. It just, I, I think this is an industry just like the visual effects industry where it's just like, there's to hit the deadlines to get this much work well, done. There's, it just has to exist. Yeah. There's too many different types of people, like just like sports athletes that like, you know, st- uh, thrive under pressure and, you know, they do, they perform their best when, you know, the clock is running out and the timer, the buzzer is about to go off. That mentality can transfer into video game developing. It may not be as physically enduring, but mentally it can be that same motivation where you're like, okay, that, you know, it's, oh, it's crunch time. It's we're, we're a week away. I, you know, or whatever. I, I got to put my all into this, that, that transfers, yeah. you know, that mentality can work in that same environment. And yeah, there's just that different type of person. So we're never going to get rid of crunch in a certain sense. We can get rid of yeah. it as it being detrimental to people and their, you know, their work environments by forcing them to do, you know, unhealthy habits. But for the most part, people are going to crunch if they, you know, care enough if they want to. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree entirely. I, to go with your sports analogy, it's, yeah, it's the same as being like, oh, he lives at the gym versus, oh, well, you know, sometimes he's got the home gym. You know, he's just, he's got to keep his body moving. He's doing it from home. Maybe not as working at 100% he would be doing if he was out at like training camp or whatever. But yeah, exactly. When you're in sports, yeah, you're never not working out, like continuing to train, keeping your physique up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think I think there's a lot to be said for the potential of crunch culture sustaining itself better by yeah working from home working comfortably having your family nearby like a support system that's like literally in the next room and not necessarily a, a video call away yeah there's, right. there's, there's a, some there's, HR rep or something yeah. yeah somebody breathing down your neck there's a healthy crunch and then there's a unhealthy crunch environment that can definitely harm more than good um, yeah. And then I just had one more small thing I wanted to bring up, but if you guys had something else, please go for it. No, no, I mean, what this, you got, this man? is all you, baby. This um, is the Ethan segment. So, what do y'all know about Nuzlocks? I saw you post this on the show notes. Yeah, what is this? So, I've heard you... of Nuzlocke, but I don't know the details. I so know, I, had, I know it's a lot of a streaming thing and like a. It's it's more of just like a it's a challenge run for Pokemon games for people who maybe think they're too difficult or too easy now that their their minds are not children. Um, yeah, I uh, had a really big itch to play a, like an older Pokemon game, and I I really don't know why. Uh, and I that's why I really wanted to play. I think that's where this whole Switch thing started from. Is I want to play an old Pokemon game, but I also want to play Sword or Shield and Animal Crossing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So anyway, I went on the Nintendo eShop. I booted up my old 3DS uh, and brought it back to life. And I downloaded Pokemon Crystal. I don't know if you guys know which one that is. It was like the... Uh, Crystal is the Pokemon Yellow of the Ruby <coughs> Sapphire generation. More or less, yes. Uh, or no, uh, Gold Silver. Gold Silver, sorry, yeah. yeah. So we seen, is that the, yeah, the it's legendary? One of the, uh, it's the one of the doggos that's on the front of the cover, yeah. Uh, yeah, I forgot the, that... Uh, it's got a few Gold, more. So that was Crystal was the last Pokemon game I played. Sorry, yeah, it's got the mo- it's got like a couple of extra features from Gold and Silver that made it like the you know the epitome of Pokemon game. It was 
it was the top one before the next generation came out, the third generation. Uh, yeah. And I, it was like 10 bucks. I bought it, whatever. It's, it's just really wanted to experience some old nostalgia. And I thought Dude, it maybe, was Sui scene. I had to Google it just to make oh, sure I was right. right. Yeah. I cannot believe I pulled that out of my fucking head, dude. <laughs> I have not thought about that game in so long. It's it's I was like, wait, Crystal, I recognize the Pokemon. Okay, it's sorry, sweet, it's <laughs> Suicune, but it's it's you were oh, okay. you, you were definitely correct on what you were thinking of. And uh, I think I'm gonna do a Nuzlocke to make the game a little more challenging. Um and it's also something I've never done before, and it's just like a small set of rules about how you capture and how you raise, and it just brings an extra challenge to the Pokemon game, which can be kind of easy if you, you know, use potions and the Pokemon Center just abuse them. Yeah, this sounds interesting because I, I pulled up, I have Bulbapedia pulled mm-hmm. up right now. Yeah, they've got a the list of rules. They've got a list of rules, and then there's some that are, like, optional that people, you know, kind of use and stuff. So thinking about so the doing main that. rules... Any Pokemon that faints is considered dead. Yes. It must be released or put in the Pokemon storage system permanently. That's that's brutal. Yeah. Uh, the player Fire may animal. only catch the first Pokemon encountered in each area and none else. So there's if a little the first bit of Pokemon encountered faints or flees. There are no second chances. The first encounter in the area is a double battle in dark grass that the player may choose what, which of the two Pokemon they would like to catch. If there's a static encounter in the area, the player is allowed to capture them despite already capturing a Pokemon in that area. So if you like Shiny encounter the Pokemon, same one not over and this rule. Yeah, that you've already caught. So huh. there's just a couple of rules. Uh, you know, you don't have to, you, you know, if you, one of them does die, you can either release them so you can never use them again. Or you can like put them in the Pokemon storage in a box that you, you know, you never touch or something. And I yeah, said if, that one. If you, <laughs> yeah, whatever. And if you... Uh, <laughs> If all your Pokemon die and that's considered like a game over and you are, you know, supposed to start over. So. Yeah, I'll I'm going to hold you to it. You yeah. should stream it, dude. I can't stream it. It's from a fucking Game Boy. I don't even have the potential to do it from a PlayStation 4. But I think this would—I think this would be a fun thing to do. Is something I've never done before. As long as I stick to it, pirate a copy of Crystal on your computer. <laughs> I already you run it through RetroArch and you stream it on Twitch. That's, that's how it. everyone does it. That's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. It's easy. I'll set it up for you after the after the coronavirus is over. I'll but, come uh, over. <laughs> there's a way that you pick your starter based on your trainer ID code, and uh, so you you know I can also pick the starter if I want to, but I think it would be more fun to just kind of do it without like any sort of I have control, I think that would make it more of a challenge. So are you going to stick to all of the optional rules? Because that's apparently an optional rule. No, there's a bunch of rules that are, are just kind of silly that I don't really understand. I'm going to try to keep it pretty simple, but stick to the Nuzlocke. Nothing too Limiting like, Pokemon Center visits to a certain number per town. Mm-hmm. Limiting that's, the number of Pokeballs to purchase. That seems kind of silly. Banning well, the use of legendaries. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a good one. Master balls. That's a, yeah, Disallowing why would I need the Master fleeing. Ball? Fleeing. I mean, eh. but like, uh, what's what was the one that you said? Um, yeah, like limiting the number of Pokeballs, that doesn't seem important because I'm only allowed to catch the first one that I see anyway. So why would I need a bunch of them? I just kind of... I mean, yeah, banning the use of daycare to breed a level up Pokemon and turning off EXP share. Sounds like too much, man. I don't <laughs> sounds like too much. I like my baby ass baby mode Pokemon. I mean, no, yeah, they're, like so I said, I I'm going to pick some of them, but others just seem kind of rudimentary that I just don't really care to abide by. So. 
Well, well, dude, I hope you stick with it, and I, I make I'm it a excited bit, to hear you. Make it a little bit of a challenge about your experience. If, if I could pick a starter, who would you want me to pick? This is the, the fire sec- every time. This is the second gen, Drew. What about you? Doesn't matter what gen twenty five. It doesn't matter. You pick fire. Uh, no, who are the second gen starters? I, was about to say, I don't think he did, or Drew has no idea who the starters <laughs> uh, are. <laughs> it's uh, Cyndaquil. Uh, oh, okay. Fuck. Uh, and I just Weevil or what? What's oh, the little Weevil? Uh, no, not Weedle, but I can't. He looks like a Weevil. It's a little blue dude. And then the monkey. You get the little monkey. No, fire monkey. that's not no, right. That's, no. no, I can't remember. Oh, for alligator yeah. and oh, Chikorita. Chikorita. Yeah, Chikorita, yeah. Uh, Totodile, and Cyndaquil are the starters. Yeah, you should definitely go with Cyndaquil. Cyndaquil, Wait, yeah. what? I think I'm. That's what I was thinking of. But I think I'm going to let my trainer ID code pick for me. Unless I, unless I pick for alligator, because I think I've already done a playthrough where I did for alligator. I think that was my hard I got goal. This way wrong. I think, yeah, I know you did. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, dude, this Google search is not helping because when you type Gen Two starters, the first image is a palette swap where they make the water Pokemon a fire, <laughs> awesome. or like, and, or no, they make the water Pokemon a grass. I love that shit. <laughs> fire Pokemon's water. I was like, wait. This isn't what I remember at all. He's supposed to be bad. I was like, that's the first image. Google. That's where you messed up on Google because I, I Googled second gen starters and the first one and the first image was all of them. The weird, the weird thing is on the Nintendo eShop, I could not find the remakes for red and blue, which would be fire red and leaf green, and then yeah. uh, uh, heart gold and soul silver. But all oh, the sorry, other ones were on Did there. you just say that Leaf Green was a remake of Blue? Well, technically, no. It's a remake <laughs> of... But, like, it was Green. the... It was the... But we had Fire Red, or we had Red and Blue. We never got Green over here. But that was technically the first one that they got over there. Exactly. But like, it's, it's, so it's all this? jumbled up. But, <laughs> but they, they made Fire Red and Leaf, gr- Leaf Green. They didn't make, like, a, blue, a direct Blue se- uh, remake. I know exactly. what I'm fucking talking about. You're talking four kids bullshit, not the Fuck. original manga. Sure, okay. yeah. But uh, <laughs> that, those were the two that I actually really, really, really wanted to play, especially uh, uh, Soul Silver. You played red and blue enough. Yeah, but I like Fire Red because it's like a ye- it's like a yellow mix because you can get all the starters and they follow you and it's it's shut up. You don't need all those. How are you get a Nuzlocke and have all those extra starters? It's too well, easy. the Nuzlocke came after I ended up buying Crystal. And well, I after you had to, you had yeah, to decide. I had to, to, play I had to settle. <laughs> I had to settle for Crystal. Yeah. So. But that's, well, that's yeah, all. I'm, my, I'm excited to hear about your your future tales. Yeah, I think I'm going to start tonight. So. Sweet. Wait. Have, so have you finished Kiwami? Did you say you did finish it? No, but like I said, like just with like with Animal Crossing, this is a like this is um, on my. Game. Playing on the poop. Yeah, yeah. I was playing on the go. Maybe, maybe I would take a walk. I can take it outside on the porch and sit in the on sun. The don't, you, don't, don't you go too far. <laughs> yeah. but I uh, want you getting sick now, buddy. No, because, I mean, Kiwami, uh, I mean, I just beat Doom, and then Kiwami, I'm literally just looking for side stories at this point. So I really like the difference yeah. in uh, tone from Doom to Kiwami. So, no, I, I'm still, still going through Kiwami. It's fun as hell, uh, especially now that I've gotten, like, almost every – thing unlocked except for the outer skill rings which is where like the really expensive stuff comes in so ethan do you remember a couple weeks ago when andrew called you out for not beating games uh he does it all the time 
because I haven't fucking beaten Red Dead. Red Dead's a garbage game anyway. All right, I no, think that's going to do it I, for us. Unless, Andrew, do you have anything for us? You got any extra plans, some video game dreams for the upcoming times ahead of us? What's your next game, Drew? What's going to be next? I will say that news with the Ring Fit thing kind of made me want to get Ring you Fit. You get a Ring Fit? I kind of do. It made, it, me think, it made me think that they were like, oh, my God, people love Beat Saber. Can we do that? Let's do that. Wait, what? 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 With the ring fit thing, because it's like you you have to hit the things in the ring, like on the screen. That you oh, do you're it. talking about like the the, the rhythm game that's yeah that yeah yeah for okay. Oh, yeah. the rhythm mode. Gotcha. Yeah, the new one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I should have been more clear. But <laughs> you're all good. Drew, you should get ring fit adventure and stream it. I do. That's kind of half the reason why I want to get it. <laughs> Put on a skimpy outfit. Get some like crotch, uh, crotch footage going. I think I still have. Yeah, I think baby. I still have some of my old short, short soccer we'll, shorts. We'll oh shave, yes. We'll, oh we'll yeah. Give you a nice uh, body shave. Nice. We'll rub mm-hmm. you down with some oil. I need Don't some. What are the, those called? I need some tube socks. Yeah, I was gonna say you need some thigh highs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a fucking sweet ass eighty sweatband. All right, let's get the fuck out of here, guys. This has <laughs> been episode forty-three of the Absent Minded Podcast. I have been one of your hosts, Travis Stockton, at Ray Charizard. With me, as always, across the internet, the series of tubes given to us by Al Gore himself is Ethan Newbolt. Wash your hands, Bjorn. Wash your hands, you filthy animals. And on the other side of the tube is Andrew Crandall, at Andrew Loves Video Games. Don't touch your face. Don't touch your face. Don't wait. Don't wash your hands. Touch all your faces. (laughs) Touch everyone's face with your dirty hands. Don't do that. Stay home, people. Stay safe. Keep clean. Walk your dogs, but not too far and not too close to other dogs. While you're doing that, you could be listening to the Absent Minded Podcast on AbsentMindedPodcast.com or Absent Minded Watches on your podcast platforms of choice. You can also send us a question, comment, or concern or topic of discussion to questions at AbsentMindedPodcast.com or leave us a voice message. Or you can donate $1, $5, or $10 via our listener support program. Also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and like, subscribe, and share the show to everyone, everywhere. If you're playing Animal Crossing New Horizons right now, a great background podcast would be a little absent-minded watches. I'm telling you right now, it's they were like made for each other. You heard it here. And until next week, we all say... Eat the duckimas. Uh, Eat the duckimas. There you go. Yep. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.